Thanks for joining me for this episode of Business and Legal Q&A Live. This is Understanding the Law Radio, your business success and legal information station, and I'm your host, Peter Lamont. Today we're going to be answering a question submitted by Louise from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and it concerns a motion to dismiss that was filed against him. He's representing himself pro se in a consumer protection lawsuit, and he has some questions about the dismissal of his complaint. So we're going to get to that in just one second, but before we do, I want to thank today's sponsor. And today's show is sponsored by JustArbitration.com. Now, for those of you in business or in the legal field, you know how expensive, lengthy, and unpredictable litigation can be. That's why so many businesses opt for an arbitration provision in their agreements, because it is cost-effective, they call it alternative dispute resolution. Well, that's what JustArbitration.com does. They provide an outstanding service for those businesses who want to avoid the hassles of litigation and expense and submit their claims or disputes to arbitration. If you take a look at their website, it's JustArbitration.com, you'll see how they provide you with simple and cost-effective alternative dispute resolution services. It's fair. It's just. They offer quick decisions, cost-effective, and very simple. In fact, they even include language on their website that you can include in your contracts. And it's uh, legally binding. It's, it's a wonderful service that they offer because I, as an attorney, know that you could be hold up in litigation for a year and a half, two years, sometimes even longer. And as the expense mounts, you sort of forget what it was that you were disputing in the first place. And Just Arbitration takes care of that with their professional, affordable, and highly reputable arbitration services. So take a look at them at JustArbitration.com. And I'd like to thank them for sponsoring today's show. All right, now... Let's get to the question submitted by Louise from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He says, I represent myself in a consumer protection lawsuit against a travel company who said I want a free trip. My complaint was just dismissed without prejudice because the defendant filed a motion to dismiss. The judge said that I did not state a cause of action or claim. I said consumer fraud in my complaint, so I'm confused. What does all of this mean? All right, now in order to understand why your complaint was dismissed, we have to address a little bit about what a complaint is and what the allegations in that complaint mean to you, to the judge, and to the defendant. So we know here that this is a consumer protection lawsuit. We also know that it was dismissed for failure to state a cause of action or claim. A complaint is really nothing more than a series of allegations. And these allegations form causes of action. So for example, if you tripped and fell over somebody's broken sidewalk in front of a commercial building, a commercial establishment, like a restaurant, 
you would sue for negligence. That's your cause of action. Negligence is the cause of action. And in order to properly plead negligence, you have to tick off in your complaint all of the elements of negligence. So, owed a duty, they breached the duty, damages, and the proximate cause um, of the damages was the, the negligence or the you know uh, breach of duty. So, you have to plead those four elements in order to establish a cause of action for negligence. Now, keep in mind that in your complaint, when you say these things, that someone, somebody was negligent or somebody breached a contract, the courts accept your statements as true. That doesn't mean that you don't have to prove your case. They just take your allegations as true. So in other words, they look at your allegations and they look at them on their face and they say, we're going to believe what he's saying. Now we're going to look to see if he has established a cause of action by properly pleading all of the elements of the claim. They don't look to see if you can prove your case. So you have to understand the distinction. They accept what you say is true, submit it in good faith. You have to prove it later. Okay, does that make sense? Now, in Louise's case, he's saying that they dismissed it for failure to state a cause of action, and he says that his consumer fraud cause of action should have been sufficient to keep him in. Let me explain something specifically about consumer fraud. In most states, and you're going to have to check with your own state, but in most states, consumer fraud is different than regular fraud. And it comes with special particulars that you must plead in order to qualify your cause of action. Okay, so for example, in New Jersey, if I'm going to plead a consumer fraud case, assuming that I have a private right of action, meaning that I can sue, because sometimes consumer fraud can only be acted upon by a governmental entity or agency. But let's assume for a minute that I have the right to sue. And in Louise's case, he probably does because he was promised a free trip. Now I have to establish that cause of action in my complaint. I have to plead a whole host of things, including ascertainable loss, meaning I can show that I actually lost something. And it's possible, again, I'm, I'm speculating here because I have not seen the order dismissing his complaint, but he says he won a free trip. It is possible that he did not properly plead ascertainable loss, okay, assuming that Pennsylvania requires that. Because without uh, establishing damages, uh, an actual loss, something that you is, is tangible, you might not have met all of the elements in that cause of action. Does that make sense? So without knowing specifics, I can only again speculate, but what I want you to take away from this is the fact that if your complaint does not hit all of the necessary elements of a particular cause of action, it can be dismissed without prejudice. So when they say failure to state a cause of action, I understand that your complaint says consumer fraud, but maybe you didn't plead all of the elements. Now dismissed without prejudice is a good thing because you can correct your mistake after you identify it and refile it, okay? With prejudice means that 
you can't. It's over. With prejudice, you're done. But without prejudice, which is what the judge said here, you can simply correct your mistake and refile. So, Louise, what you should do is look at the order that the judge gave you. See if he or she addressed what the specific deficiency was. If he did, great. Your work is done for you. Now you just have to, to make the modifications to the complaint. If he or she didn't, then you have to find out what's wrong. I suggest that you look at all of the causes of action in your complaint. Compare that with what the statute provides for. You know, another place for you to look, by the way, is the uh, uniform jury charges. Every state has charges that are read to the jury by a judge. That's its jury instruction, essentially, okay? And most states have them available online. I know New York does, New Jersey does, the federal courts do. And what's nice about it is that when the judge explains causes of action to a jury, he or she is giving them an explanation of the elements of that claim. So in other words, the judge would say, in order for the plaintiff to prevail on a negligence claim, he must establish, and then he lists the elements of that cause of action. So that's a good resource for you to go to and see if your complaint has ticked off all of those elements of that particular cause of action. If it hasn't, make sure that you amend it and fix it and then refile it. Keep in mind, you have to check your court rules. You might need to file an amended complaint. A lot depends on your court rules and what the judge said in his or her order. But that is most likely the reason why your complaint was dismissed. You did not plead an element of something. Maybe you have other causes of action in there as well. Maybe you pled one of them properly, but not the other. Maybe you didn't plead any of them properly. So go back and take a look and spend some time, okay? Take your time, review the statute, review the court rules, and review the jury charges so that you have a clear understanding as to what you should plead. Now, not to confuse you, but there are occasions when a judge will dismiss a complaint with prejudice. And they might say failure to state a cause of action, but it's slightly different than your situation, Louise, because you have an opportunity to go back and amend. You probably made a technical error, something that you didn't plead. There are occasions when a motion to dismiss is filed and it's granted with prejudice because there is no cognizable cause of action. And that means, well, let me give you an example. In situations where perhaps you have sued someone for breach of contract, let's say, but they don't actually have a contract with you. Maybe it was another entity and you sued them because you thought they were involved in the transaction, but you actually don't have any contract or contractual relationship with them. They could file a motion to dismiss instead of filing an answer and say, judge, he sued me, but we have no contractual relationship. Here's the proof. And they say that in the motion. And the judge might look at that and decide as a matter of law that there is no contractual relationship. And then they'll dismiss that complaint against that particular defendant with prejudice. So I just wanted to explain the difference between the with prejudice, without prejudice, and how sometimes failure to state a cause of action could be a minor technical deficiency, or you might have the wrong party. Does that make sense? 
Uh, hopefully it does. I think that it's uh, a good question and one that many people ask. And uh, I hope that this answers that question for all of you. If you have additional questions, feel free to contact me. You can go to utlradio.com and you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. You can email or call us directly, or you can use the Ask Your Question tab on the website and record your question directly from your computer. We'll get it and we'll respond on air. Of course, if it is a sensitive question, one that should not be broadcast, we're going to keep that in mind. Um, just another couple of things I want to remind you. Make sure that you do regularly check out utlradio.com because we're constantly upgrading and improving the site. As a matter of fact, right now, if you go to the page, the home page, in the upper right-hand corner of the page, there's a box where you can download for free the top 10 legal writing tips for non-lawyers. These are 10 top tips that will help you improve your legal writing, whether you're writing to your neighbor because you're annoyed that their cat keeps wandering on your lawn and digging a hole, um, if cats dig holes, maybe it's a dog, <laughs> um, or maybe you're writing a letter to the court because you're representing yourself as Louise is doing here in Philadelphia, PA. So download that free guide. All you have to do is stick in your email address and you automatically get the download. Um, and hopefully it helps give you some advice on how you should structure your legal writing because legal writing is different than other types of writing and it's a learned skill, meaning all you need to do is understand the principles and you can do it probably just as good as most lawyers. So check that out. I also want to remind you to make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel so you're notified when new videos come out. And make sure that you download the free app which is available on the Android Market and the iTunes Store. Absolutely free. It allows you to stream live video, to watch recorded video, to listen to the podcast, and to ask your questions directly through the app. So check that out as well. Well, that's going to do it for today. Um, I want to thank Louise for submitting his question, and of course, you'll be receiving a free UTL radio mug for submitting your question. And uh, again, if you have additional questions, please feel free to submit them, and we'll do our best to answer them. I also want to thank today's sponsor, and again, today's show is sponsored by JustArbitration.com. Check out JustArbitration.com if you want to avoid the unnecessary expense time and uncertainty of litigation so thank you to justarbitration.com for sponsoring today's show that's going to do it for today um, stay with us because we have great shows coming up we have a number of very very interesting educational and entertaining understanding business interviews coming up we have rich Kasperi, who is the ceo and founder of Kasperi nutrition we have eric banholtz from uh, beard brand we just have so many people lined up and they're giving really great advice to business owners, entrepreneurs, and everybody in between. So, uh, so make sure you stay tuned. And uh, if you download the app, there's a calendar that tells you who's coming on when, and you can interact with us there as well. So thanks again. Thank you for subscribing, for giving me feedback, letting me know what you like, for commenting on the videos, for posting on the forum. And I look forward to giving you more great information that helps you in your personal life, your business life, and answering some legal questions. So thanks for joining me, and remember that there's power in understanding the law.
Tampa know-how. Right now, you can get a $20 prepaid Visa gift card by mail with the purchase of a Napa Legend Premium Battery. Its durability and power make it the obvious choice for people who hate getting stranded by a dead car battery. So pretty much everyone. The Napa Legend Premium Battery and $20 back. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care Centers. Limit two per household while supplies last. Offer ends 228.19.